Elliot Goldstein is hosting a radio and podcast show out of New Mexico called NMDJ Presents Fly on the Wall. We are building a fresh, fabulous podcast library of musicians, writers, artists, and all good people of note, with many new and exciting guests to come. We are listener-funded. If you would like to assist our Venmo info is New Mexico DJ service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. We appreciate your help. We would like to thank Alan Gower for the intro music. Enjoyed the show. Welcome to New Mexico DJ Service Presents Fly on the Wall podcast with your hosts Elliot Goldstein and special co-host Michael Shreve. This podcast is listener-funded so if you wish to assist the Venmo info is New Mexico DJ Service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ Service at gmail.com. Please remember to share our link. Thanking you all. We have an interesting roundtable today with two incredible musicians, Lyle Workman and Michael Shreve. Lyle is a guitarist, composer, session and touring musician, and music producer. His music has been widely distributed since his debut on the eponymous Bourgeois Tag album in 1986 and is known for his work as composer and bandleader for the Superbad soundtrack. Lyle has worked as a studio musician on albums with artists Sting, Michael Bublé, Sarah McLaughlin, Ziggy Marley, Nora Jones, Brian Adams, Sheryl Crow, Shakira, and They Might Be Giants, to name a few. Michael has written, produced, and played on albums that have sold millions of copies worldwide. As the original drummer for Santana, Michael helped create the first eight albums. Michael's recording credits include Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones, George Harrison, Pete Townsend, Steve Winwood, Andy Summers, film composer Mark Isham, and luminaries such as John McLaughlin, Stomu Yamashita, Klaus Schulze, Freddie Hubbard, Jaco Pistorius, Wayne Horvitz, and Bill Frizzell. Elliot is the fly on the wall soaking it all in. Let's get started and enjoy. It's been a while, man. Yeah, it's been. I think the last time I saw you was at a NAMM show, right? Uh, briefly, uh, I don't even know how long ago. Maybe that's six years ago, seven years ago. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm past being able to sort of have a sense of time anymore. It's just Me too. Uh, it's like between <laughs> four and ten years ago I saw you. Exactly. I think. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when somebody says, you know, hi, you remember me from uh, South America? You yeah, know, right? Like, sure. I, we spoke for ten minutes. You must remember me. Yeah, yeah. Wow. What are you working on currently? Uh, I'm just about to start a movie. Uh, yeah. Owen Wilson comedy. Oh wow. And, uh, yeah. So that, and I've just finished. Uh, I worked on this Michael Blueblay record, which was I saw uh, that. They, yeah. They just uh, released this. They just released this off the first single. That wasn't that long ago when we did the recording, man. They're just putting them out pretty fast. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it was only maybe two months ago that we did the sessions. I, I played on most, I mean, a lot of the record. Uh, Ryan Adams too, right? Uh, well, no, that one was recorded a long time ago. 
and they they released the songs uh I don't know, seven years after the fact or something oh. like that. Yeah. Oh. That was an interesting. Well, nice meeting nice meeting you. Nice meeting you too, Elliot. My yeah. friend Elliot. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so where's huh. everybody located? Uh are you in Seattle still or I'm still in Seattle. Okay, great. And I'm in New Mexico. New Mexico, all right. Okay, so we're all we're all over the states here. Yeah. 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 I'm 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 Considering moving, so um, ah. I had back surgery exactly three months ago today. Yeah, and, I saw something and uh, posted something on your your yeah Facebook about that. How are you feeling now? I'm feeling good. I just had my my um, my third post op, uh, you know, meeting and X rays, and I always get anxiety before I go in because I'm I'm hurting. And so I'm thinking I I did something wrong. I fucked it up in some way, you know. Oh, yeah. Or that it didn't go right, but everything's fine and it's just part of the process. Right. It, it, it takes and I had an extensive it was like a two-part surgery. So uh-huh. um it's going to be a while. Um uh, you know, I couldn't play drums for 3 months. Ugh. And um and I couldn't even be in the studio because I you can't lean, you can't twist, you can't bend. Oh, and so I thought don't even go out there, you know. Right. Because you're going to bend over and plug something in, or you're going to twist, and you're going to. So just avoid it for your own good. Right. And and so I just brought the little my new M1 MacBook into the into the house, and um, and a Roland, um, you know, rhythm one of the newer TR, you know, rhythm machines, and sure. a keyboard and and an iPad, and uh, that's it. So I've been working on a record like six hours a day (laughs) with with stuff with stuff that i've been doing just in my studio mostly like kind of electronic and loop based and and this that and the other and i thought i'm gonna think like a chef who looks in the fridge and says what do we have to work with you know and and so i'm putting together an album and um it's kind of interesting you know because the it, it limits the palette, you know. There's a. Uh, I'm working with a guy named Sam Morrison on it, who does really. He's a sax player, but he's a beautiful composer. And what I said to him was, "Let's limit the sonic palette." You know, that makes it interesting. I remember Stravinsky said, "You know, limitations are good uh, if you're working on a piece, so it's not. It's more focused." And right. uh, anyway, it's been an interesting process. That's great. You know. Yeah, so I, I I do a little work every day, and then in the morning in bed, well, everybody's still sleeping with the dog and my wife, and I put on the Bluetooth headphones, and I listen to, okay, what'd you do yesterday, you know? Yeah, that's great. I like that, I like that process. I, I like the phenomenon of listening the next day and go, okay, it is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wanna, I'm, I'm excited about continuing it. And I, I hear what you mean about limitations. You know, of course, in, in film scoring, TV film that's the whole game uh-huh you have a set palette you have a set style uh-huh but it's interesting how far you can even within limitations as you know you, you can really you could expand your boundaries even though you're you you're, you have these set parameters to to work with i yeah. find that every single time and, and then end up with something that's had i not those had i not had those limitations i wouldn't have gone to that place and come up with this style or or or, or uh, expression 
that I've never done before. So it's, I, uh, well, do you need those, I welcome do you need, those. Do you need those limitations because of all of the um, different genres that you've played in? Do they help you kind of focus? Well, I, I, I realize that in what I've been working on in the last couple of years, frankly, is like learning software, learning, um, like playing with apps, playing with the iPad, you know, really like finding things that are interesting, then combining them and, 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 um, and maybe playing on top of them. I've got, I've got this, what do you call it? Um, Pearl Mimic Pro, uh, electronic drums where it's all, it's uh, Stephen Slate drums in there. So it's oh, like sure, a, right. 128 gigs and I can add, add my own stuff. And so I can create a drum palette that's, I don't need an engineer and I don't need mics, you know? Yeah. And that's that, an electronic kit you're saying that you play? Yeah. And it's, it adds whatever. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so it's been very interesting because I can immediately get great sounds and be playing them on top of loops or something like that. And, and right. so in answer to your question, it's kind of like, um, well, you know, let's use what I, what I've already put down like just all these ideas and then I had to get really good at editing in the last three months right and and I've become like a a really good editor and and that's that's where it's at for me like um even when I did my records like with Frizzell and Wayne Horvitz and this a lot of this stuff would just play and then I would spend days and days editing um much like Teal Macero with Miles on, on those you know those records like Bitches Brew and stuff, right. sure. a lot of editing. And and I'm trying to make it so that it's it's not just, I don't want to show off myself as a drummer so much. It's just like reveal where I'm at musically, you know? Right, sure. Well, you've certainly done that, you know, and it's it's really about doing things you musicians uh, want to stretch. They want to do things they haven't done before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I when I you know I worked with Tony Williams on the on his last record, Wilderness, and yep. just sitting in a room with those guys, you know, with him and Stanley Clark and Herbie Hancock, and uh, <laughs> you know, it was just uh, they they were really talking about the jazz police, and 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 I won't mention names, but some that are say we've got to hold the flag, we've got to keep it, we've got to keep jazz pure, we got to, you know, and, and they're like. You know, Tony was like, I played like that when I was six, 17 years old. I'm not going to. You did, yeah. They I'm didn't have, they didn't have more, more drummer for the rest of my life, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just the intro on that tune for and more for Tony is like. Oh, I know. I, I played, I turned that down to 33 and a third on my reel to reel vinyl and, um, you know. Yeah. So I know Wint Marcellus really took that out of the, out of the park, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. You know, uh, but I, I haven't asked Tony about his playing on that at, on that record uh, four and more. And because I sound a little nervous because I'm talking as you're just a symbol, just as the just a right symbol. What he's doing, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I sound a little nervous. He kind of pooped uh-huh. it all, but wow. Well, I mean, you 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 knew him, right? You you hung out with yeah. Tony. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, who he was. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, that's that's why. It's really amazing to hear that Tony Williams said, I can hear that I'm a little nervous on the cymbal. Yeah, right. Because that's how I can tell that I'm not a jazz drummer, even when I try to play jazz. Huh. I can hear it in my in my cymbal. It's like, 
Oh, you know, I mean, but you got to do that. That's a life's work, you know. That's like, yeah, sure. like tabla or something to, you know, play jazz drums. And um, I aspired to do that, but then, you know, um, I went. You know, life happened, and sure. uh, you know, it's all about those uh, those journeys that we take. The, the thing that I liked that I loved about Tony, so I I worked with him. Um, we were gonna. He was going to do a band, put a band together. And really? Writing. And I was at his place in Pacifica, and he would sit at the piano. And I had a guitar, and we would work on ideas. And, and there wow. was one time where he, uh, he said, okay, so you know, play that figure, Lyle, and then, I'll, then I'll, just pro- I'll probably do a drum solo. And he starts mouthing a drum solo. Really? But the way that he did it, it was Tony Williams. Really? You know, the, the crescendo and the duke crescendo on the toms and the stuff he does with the hi-hat, the Tony-isms. And I just, he was doing it for a while and I'm playing this lick and I finally just started laughing and he goes, what the fuck? I go, you're doing you with your mouth and I could totally tell it's you. <laughs> how many drummers could do that? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's so yeah. So iconic and, and how he played, but it was just so internal. Yeah, so uh, internal, that's right. Yeah, and he was like, oh, Okay. So anyway, <laughs> we got on to the next thing. Wow. But, but the thing that um, I also wanted to say is that at that time, he was, I guess, 50, 50. And he was taking cooking lessons, swimming lessons. Uh, I think he was studying orchestration at the Over time. He was just, a, yeah. just a, an eternal student. And as a matter of fact, the first thing I did when I walked into his 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 uh, area, the garage has been converted. He had his big yellow kit, you know, that big yellow double. Oh yeah, kit. wow! And so I walk in, you know, it's my first, I'm just meeting him, you know, in person oh. in the flesh, and I go, oh, that I call that that kid's beautiful. I go, I go, I know how to play a groove on that. And he goes, show me, and I laughed, and I got, and I go, no, I know. He goes, no, really. Oh, I, so I was playing. Uh, I, I sat on the kid. I went, all right. So I played that. It's the. Um, Simon Phillips groove on there and back space. I think so. It's in seven, eight. Wow. I I played it for a bit and then he goes, Oh, okay. And so he sat down and, you know, played it in about two seconds. Really? (laughs) Yeah. But he wanted me to show him something, you know, which was like the most ridiculous thing in the world, you know, on drums, but that's who he was like, what, what? And then if I said, I liked something, he wanted to know why, why do you like that? What is it about it that you like? Wow. I mean, did you notice that with him? He was just real curious. He was open. He was, you know, uh, I, I didn't know him that well, Lyle, but I, okay. but I remember reading about him taking swing lessons, and and I understand the thing when when you are, when you are in a path and you're kind of successful really young, you know, I know that for myself where you okay. miss out on a lot of stuff, and um, and so I feel the same way. I'm always trying to learn something. I want to be curious. I want to learn. I want to, uh, yeah. and I don't want to be stuck in my ways musically either. You know? Yeah. One of my greatest joys is finding new music, like all the time. You know? That's like, yeah. I love Bandcamp for that. I, lo- you know, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff where that's the fun thing, man. I mean, like, I'm really enjoying young, london jazz musicians right now okay and northern and northern european musicians who play jazz but they also do electronics because they're young enough to grow up in that yes right. you know it's in, it's interesting I, I love the idea that he was cooking too you know oh yeah right yeah exactly 
<laughs> Where and, in Pacifica was it? Uh, gosh, Not I don't remember I now. It was just it, it was really close to the water. Uh-huh. Very foggy. I remember it was always foggy going going to to work with him. Yeah, he just had a house, just a regular house, you know. Yeah, yeah, style house. I know Mike Clark said that he told the story of Tony called him when he was living in um, uh, San Anselmo, right? Okay. And um, he said, could you come over and just play for me? Um, You know, and he said he went over and Tony was cleaning the house. He was just cleaning the house. And he said, just just play. Uh, I'm just going to be cleaning the house. You just play. And he just wanted to hear Mike Clark play and probably like it, his photographic memory, you know, yeah. pick up the stuff. Lyle, uh, let me ask you, when you were talking about limitations with film, the, or not limitations, but... Um, parameters, yeah. Parameters. Who sets those parameters when you're making the film? The director? Well, generally, if it's a... I work on comedies for the most part, uh, or comedies with some dramedies as they call them so a lot of times by the time i'm in they've they've tempted music with other either with my music or some other composers score and uh that is just they'll set us off on a direction sometimes there'll be something that's very close and something they like or sometimes they could be you know really don't know what they want and and uh, don't pay attention to the temp but for the most part, there's something there as a placeholder. And then that starts the conversation. And sometimes if it's totally wrong, that's very helpful also because then I know what they don't like. And sometimes sure. sometimes for certain people, it's a process of elimination more than it is. This is exactly what I want. Go do it. You yeah. find mostly that that's, not, that's, that's usually not the case. Yeah. I'm really leaning on, on the composer. You find in, in your own personal music journey that, half the thing is what you don't want as much as what you do want. You know, like um, when you, I found that to be, it's like a, a, a lot of time, a process of elimination and yeah, just in, not so much. It's just like what you feel, you know, for your own personal music, like what moves you and what doesn't move you or what aggravates you, you know? Sure. Sure. You know, I, definitely uh, it's might be interesting to note that, my most recent record that I put out, uh, which is just I, amazing, just incredible. Oh, oh, thanks, thanks very much. Now those records are my records. I do the opposite. I let myself go anywhere I want to go because yeah. I, because rest of my life is serving someone else with parameters, and I like that. I do enjoy that, but I also enjoy well. What? Let me just sit here with my guitar or keyboard, and let me see what happens and in the case of this last record it's called uncommon measures i knew i wanted i wanted an orchestra i wanted to work with an orchestra because i've been doing more and more of that throughout the the years with on on film scores so i wanted to bring that into my world of my own music and uh, so i I really was like i'm going to do whatever i want (laughs) i'm not going to have any limitations so i I didn't set any parameters about uh, in terms of what not to follow yeah, um, that, that's that's why you do your own records. I mean, yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, sure. when I when I get this record out, I mean, I've got another record I've got to get out that I've been sitting on for for some time. It's got Jack D. Jeanette and and uh, Ayrto and Zakir and 
Trey Gunn and all these people, but Amazing. and I'm playing like 16 drums in a semicircle standing up. It's 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 more like a meditation record. The whole concept is not, you know, it's some a whole other different thing. But with this record, I'm about and there's a lot of drums, but with this record, I'm not playing a lot of drums, but I but I'm honoring my rhythmic scent, you know, my my you know it. So sure. like if you were laid up and couldn't do something, like you couldn't, like you broke your hand, right? You could still make music, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, we're lucky <laughs> to have that technology assist us. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's great. It's it's great to just expand that in all the directions that you your muse takes you. Have the technical technical ability to have that. Now, I I found that when uh, I started writing for films unwittingly uh, throughout the years of just having tape recorders, porter studios, uh, yeah. reel-to-reel tapes. Oh, what I need to control the different levels. I better get a board, but, but the levels are all over the place. What does a compressor do? I need that. Just in the process of having these uh, needs, we expand, we get, we get technique, uh, we get uh, engineering skills, Production uh, production skills through uh, necessity, essentially, and uh, I found that with 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 scoring, it really it really helped me because I had a handle on all those different hats, and uh, and of course, and in, in your music too, uh, what you basically saying, having uh, editing chops, uh, mixing ability, uh, recording, engineering, all that stuff we can be pretty self-contained and then you combine, you know, then you combine your forces with someone else who has their particular skill sets. And it's, it's just a wonderful world to live in now in terms of making music and the ability to share files and, you know, to, to, there's really no limitations in that regard. And your last album was done at Abbey road, right? EMI. Uh, at Abbey Road, we did the uh, 63-piece orchestra there, yeah. So everything was recorded here first. You, you want to put the orchestra last generally. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's always the way it was with with, uh, with the movie stuff. It's, it's so expensive. I mean, you don't you want to know. <laughs> you I, have I, 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 I do want to know, but I, I'm, it, it would freak me out, I know. You know, it's like, uh Yeah. It's uh, to me. It's just the it's the the last frontier of orchestral. You know, working with orchestral musicians and and ensembles like that. It's just it's just the biggest palette ever. You know, just the dynamics and the the emotion of it. But what's great is that you know, I didn't have to go to Abbey Road. I could have gone to an, a European orchestra. But I you know I had some good years in music and my orchestrator I'd been working with for the past uh, twelve years. He lives in between Air Studios and uh, Abbey Road, and he's he's a uh, very well. Unfortunately, he passed away early this year, uh, very sadly. But uh, he was a top orchestrator, and he you know did Black Panther and Marvel movies, and yep. and uh, it just made sense for this type of music on that we needed the best orchestral musicians because there was meter stuff and there was very rhythmic things and. And you could you can go to a lesser orchestra and spend four times the amount of time to get it right, and that's the amount of money, you know. Or you can just get it with the best musicians in the world. And I, for me, orchestral musicians, it's L.A. and and, and uh, London. 
Uh-huh. And being that he works with all the players there very frequently, right? We can pick all like the best concert master violinists, so you can get the best uh, people. And uh, you know, I, I contacted a, a European orchestra, a, a, a substantial one, and talked to their coordinator there. And after playing him, uh, uh, sending him a couple files of the material, said, "I think we need maybe three days of rehearsal and two or three days to record." And I thought, "Wow." With, I'm always used to going to the session, presenting the music and having people play it that day with the, or for, for film and stuff, fulfillment and that kind of thing. And, and then my, I, I mentioned that to my orchestra and he goes, ah, we, we could do it in Abbey Road in a day. No, no worries. No really? rehearsals, no day of rehearsal, no two days of recording. No, so wow. it'll be tight. So we recorded the, about 40 minutes of score. You know, if you put all the measures together, in nine and a half hours, oh. which is a lot less time than what I'd would been quoted elsewhere. And most thick was the North Star, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the the most complicated tracks. Great track. Thank you. What did Good Matt track. Chamberlain play on? Matt played on a song, uh, one of the tracks. Uh, or did he play on two? He played on one of the tracks. Uh huh. And then Vinny uh, on the rest. Vinny huh? played on uh, a couple. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The guy named Donald Barrett. He's a great drummer in town. I, I wanted, was looking for someone with gospel chops, you know, that kind of yeah. sort of church feel. You know, these guys that have, have a really good time, but it's sort of coming from the Billy Cobham school, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I listen, I listen to the gospel drummers like that, and I, I realized. Just like when I first heard Billy Cobham, you know, and I realized never in my life am I, I going to be able to play like that, you know. <laughs> so that's that. We got that out of the way. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. talking to Bill Frizzell and him saying, I said, asked him, like, how did you develop your style? You know, it's such a singular sound. He said, yeah. well, first time I heard John McLaughlin, yeah. I realized I'm never going to be able to do that, and I'm going to have to look for something else. And I said, "Me too." You know, the same yeah. same thing. You know, so yeah, he was uh, smart enough to realize that early on and forge his own sound. I, I, I I'm still chasing the McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, but man, you're, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it. It's well, oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I just he's he's definitely my favorite all all around. Do you uh, all around the right guitar player, but in terms of his composition and his good playing and you know, oh. everything he did early on with with the modern yeah. view, but just more you know, more in, into jazz and just his whole his whole thing is just uh, you know he's been a huge influence. Yeah, but yeah, but I but again I I really love Bill Frisell and you know guys like that that are just uh, they have that, like he's like said, a singular voice and their own style. And you hear one note, and you know it's them. And that's that's the best place that any of us can be to 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 have us what someone would call a style or a, a sonic signature. Let's take a quick break. If you are enjoying this program, please consider contributing to help keep it running. This podcast is listener funded, so if you wish to assist, the Venmo info is New Mexico DJ Service. The PayPal info is New Mexico DJ service at gmail.com. Please share our links. Thank you. 
Hey guys, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. I'd like to tell you how I got started. Um, I really had no idea on um, the beginnings of what had even where to start. And I stumbled upon Anchor by Spotify. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And I'll explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And um, when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast automatically on listening platforms. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on other uh, platforms. And Anchor made it so simple. And um, it's all in one place. Everything you need to make a podcast, you can find in one place. And um, the amazing part is it's all free. So um, there is no uh, downside to any of this. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. And again, it's the Anchor app or or anchor.fm. And it's real easy to get started. And um, thank you for listening to Fly on the Wall and uh, back to the show. That's what we all I know, Elliot, you you were interested in in Lyle's work with Frank Black. Yeah, the Frank Black stuff. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole different, whole nother world. That's you know? a whole different, yeah, that's a whole different uh, ball of wax. I mean, you you work with the Catholics, right? You did some of the Catholic albums. Yeah, yeah, I've, and, uh, I've played with them for about five years. We did maybe four records, four or five records. Yeah, now you were, Yeah, and you came. And that was a whole different thing because I I had I can't remember the gig I'd done right before Frank Black, but it was completely different music. Uh, what was it? What was I doing right before that? That bourgeois tag, or no? Uh, I think it was just session work, uh, and, and, and just a different style of music. And the first gig I did with him, people were like moshing and jumping off yeah. stage, diving, and it scared the hell out of me. Man, I was like, "Whoa, what the hell and, is and, this?" And you, I, and it you, was frightening me because I was so not my world. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like a punk guy. I didn't really look. That was my thing, but his whole thing was kind of post-punk and. Yeah, well, I I got into uh, the Pixies after Frank. The Pixies, Black. yeah, sure. But, then, yeah. but I but I went backwards. The first thing I picked up was Teenager of the Year. Oh, uh, yeah, that was the first record. Yeah, I, that was you. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing because it's yeah a different sensibility. It's um, are you familiar with this uh, with Frank Black stuff, Michael? No, but. Um... Elliot has been raving about it, so I, I, I'm going to check it out. And yeah. I read, I read an interview where you said, you know, that stuff's as valid as jazz and this, that, and the other. So I'm going to go check it out. It's, it's, yeah, it's, the, yeah, he's it's it's definitely not coming from a place of jazz or, but he has no, an no. interesting filter where he just writes, yeah. he writes inter, in, interesting music with great lyrics, and and some of the stuff is sophisticated. Uh, some of the in in a in a very unique way, and I would tell them, "Well, oh, you always like just something simple, like most people somewhat stick with diatonicism, diatonicism, where that they'll go to the relative minor or the the six chord, which is a minor chord, or the five, which is a dominant." And he always messes with that. He'll go to the six major or the 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 he'll do the relative minor. That's you know, uh, he just doesn't. He just doesn't. He throws all out, out out the window, and then writes these really cool, interesting lyrics over the top of it. And uh, he's got a kind of a very wide palette in terms of his singing style. Yes, you you say, got- Elliot, sometimes it could be soft and pretty, and and he sort of could scream uh, yeah. know, with the, the heaviest but, of the screamers. But I mean, teenager of the year had something like yeah. 20, 
winning tracks on it, right? Yeah, that's a great record. Now that is an interesting. The thing that's interesting about his work is that he he just writes these chord progressions, and so yeah, I mean, they don't guys, really make any sense when you listen to them. Like no, they're like time changes, and and again, not coming from Prague or any of that stuff. It's just he just hears it. Yeah. And then so you're learning it. We played these, uh, we recorded these songs, like 20 songs in a couple of days. And most of them didn't have melodies or lyrics. And we oh, wow. parts. And then he's okay, you'll do a little solo here and you do a little melody there. And then he puts the vocals over the top of it. And then you're like, what? It's yeah. completely like another thing. Michael, he did, he did, they did a killer tune about the Three Stooges. Oh, the, that's another one. That's a perfect example. Yeah. If, you, if you get a chance after this, yeah. Uh, write this down. Uh, two reelers. Two, two, two reelers short. It's two, yeah. uh, uh, two T-W-O, and it's yeah, reelers. Yeah. R-E-E-L-E-R-S. Yeah. It's a song about the Three Stooges. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But the, to check out the rhythm in that, and, and just and then the lyrics are just, he's talking about the Three Stooges. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. The lyrics are so cool. Yeah, and but, he, uh, he, he never mentions them as the Three Stooges, though. No, no. You know, wow. his lyrics yeah. are brilliant. They, they really are. I mean, yeah. that album had, you know, Abstract Plane on it. Oh, yeah. It's a great record in, in general. Uh, Head, the whole Head, record. Headache. Uh, Michael, I highly, highly recommend it. It's called Teenager of the Year. Teenager of the Year. And, uh, and I remember that. You can get it to me, right? Yeah, I'll get you a copy. Yeah, I remember. Uh, so I, I, he sent me a cassette tape, you know, so long ago it was. It was like 1992 or something like that one. And it was the best, the most incredible reveal of any record I've ever played on because I didn't know what the songs were like without the lyrics and the vocal. And uh-huh. I remember I was like in my car driving somewhere and I was like screaming, pounding on the on the steering wheel because the songs were so fucking cool. Really? And yeah. And then, and, then, and then you see Frank, you know, you see you see Frank Black and he looks nothing like his albums. He's, yeah. He's, He's a, just a sweet guy, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. But guy. I'm just saying, I'm really he, generous, he, he, and he, does, I, he, he doesn't match the persona yeah. of a, you know, and, and he's then a true for, original man. He's, a, yeah. I, you know, I, I think he's a genius, man, and what he does. And and you got through Raiders, right? You, we uh, talked about Fast Man Raider, man. Yeah, Fast Man Raider. I, man. I, I, yeah, I participated in that a, a little bit. I'm not on the full, full uh-huh. on that, but. Uh, yeah, I would check out that record. And, and that song, Two Reelers, is on Teenager of the Year. So yeah, I mean, Teenager the of the Year is just, the, just yeah. Now, I don't know how it's going to hear, how it's going to strike you now in 2022, because it was made in 1990. Yeah, yeah. I listened to it this week. It's a killer album. Yeah. It's, it's a, a great album. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't have the big gated snare or anything like that, but, uh, you know. That's good. It is That's a little, good. it's a little bit of its time, I would say, but. I would say it's more timeless than that. Uh, yeah, it's a great time. album. And it's, also, it's it's a really cool stuff. Yeah, you, the, you ever hear that record I did with Sean Lane and Jonas Helborg? No. I saw I saw that you've mentioned Sean Lane somewhere. Oh yeah, well, I got to write that down. I'm going to write it down right now. What, what's the name of that record? It's called Two Doors. Two Doors. Okay, I'm going to grab a pen and write that down. Uh, I, I can send you a link to Two Doors. And is Two it, Doors what, what is in the Palace of Dreams. That's the name of the band, or? It's the name of the album. Oh. It's under my name. Okay. And, and Lyle, from um, from Frank Black, um, you wound up with Todd Rundgren. Yeah, uh, that was before. Uh, Todd Rundgren was before. 
Yeah, but that was a whole different mindset. Okay, so that that's okay. That's what it was. So yeah. I went from playing with Todd Rundgren. Yeah. And we had this like eleven piece band, kind of almost like a soul review. He gave us, we had outfits and stuff like that. And so I went from that to like these people stage divings and moshings. <laughs> and then I just, after a while, I just saw these are just kids just having fun. It, 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 then it was, it wasn't anything, but yeah. I do remember being literally afraid. <laughs> yeah, so you would are... take my guitar and then do an El Cabong over my head. Yeah. Like... One of the things I found, you know, with, uh, I, I understand a lot of a lot of great musicians have um great memory, you know. Um yeah. and Sean Lane was like that. He had a photographic memory. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I want to ask you about I I met him one time at some uh guitar player magazine event. We hung out at the little after party, but what a genius that guy was. I, I don't uh, think we'll ever truly, see the likes of him again. Truly a, truly a genius. He came and stayed I worked on the album and then we went with Jonas and, and um, Sean, they, they came to Seattle and we rehearsed at my house. Wow. And then we, we did the record in Germany for the label CMP. And, but the process was those two guys were deeply into Nusrat Fatih Ali Khan. Oh, sure. And the Indian and Indian music. Like they were deeply into it. Like they were, they did a mind melt. Right. So, and I was sitting out here, like, I tell you, I was just trying to keep up, you know, <laughs> I swear. I mean, uh, and, and also he would sing along with his improvised melodies. Oh, gosh. On this record. <laughs> you know, wow. you, know, you got to check it out. It's like, um, and another thing, um, he's a, a big movie fan, for instance, right? Ah. A huge movie TV fan, oh. and there's a there's a video store here in Seattle that's world renowned for its collection of um, videos and also European films that you can only play on the PAL system. And, oh, and then okay, sure. They would rent you. <laughs> you could rent a PAL player. Oh wow! And I took Sean there, and. After about half hour, literally, I mean this, he was rolling on the floor. Like he was on the floor going, oh, I can't believe this. I, I've been looking for this for years. I've this and this. Oh, and wow. it, it just, and so we rented a, we rented a player and he stayed up all night, like watching all these different films that he'd been waiting to see for years. His memory was so great that, you, you know, remember my ex-wife, Cindy, right? Sure. Yeah. So she had been in some some small films and TV and stuff, and I had mentioned them, and and he knew all the details about those, like, um, you know, what's that director that a, a lot of people started with, uh, kind of did horror films and stuff. Oh, Roger Corman. Yeah. So she had done some Roger Corman stuff, and he remembered everything. You know. Oh my gosh. It showed me that, you know, that's a trait. Like like uh, Dennis Chambers ha is a photographic memory. He doesn't read music. I knew he didn't read music, but I wondered how he learned all the all those heads and stuff. But he just that's he it. too, yeah. Oh wow! You know, and I, again, that's where I realized, like, you know, know your limitations. You know, um, yeah. I mean, you can probably you know read a book and study on how to get a better memory, but you know, come on, yeah. Um, you kind of were born with those with those gifts, I guess. 
Yeah, like, I, I like, think like, so. Like uh, you know, uh, perfect pitch. It's something you can get. You can develop really good relative pitch. Right. But perfect pitch is a whole other thing. A bird chirps, boom, F sharp. You know, you know that's right. that's that's a whole other skill level. But yeah, it's that's interesting about Sean Lane. It's I don't know. Sometimes you think about people like that, and you feel like their flame just burns so bright it just can't last as long as other as us sort of mere mortals. It's interesting, but, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that yeah. we see that. We've seen that time, time again, but uh, he's certainly, we've certainly robbed of his genius way too young. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jonas, toured, Jonas toured India with him a lot. Wow. You know, they went there and played with all the Indian musicians and he was quite well known in India after a while. That's interesting. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Just, I saw some of it online, some of the Ind- Indian type stuff and, yeah. yeah, it was. Who knows what he'd be don't doing now? Maybe, maybe scoring films or doing films, whatever. You know. I often that. think about that with uh, with Dougie Rouch, who's a bass player, he used to play with Santana, and um, and he played, you know, toured with John McLaughlin, and he was and David Bowie. He was ahead of his time. Like he was right there with with Stanley and um, Larry Graham, you know, with oh, yeah. that, that style of playing. And maybe and maybe doesn't get credit for like how much he also invented it. Like, but um, people like that or Jimi Hendrix, you you wonder like oh, where would, where would they be? You know, I mean, they'd certainly be embracing all the technology. You know, so yeah, I mean, we've seen it with Jeff Beck, which is sort of our closest thing to Hendrix. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting phenomena that he. I don't know how old he is now, but. Like, for example, at 60 years old, he was playing better than he did when he was 30. Yeah. I don't know how many musicians uh, really have that. Uh, it's, it's just incredible, like, how expressive he is. You yeah, know? absolutely. And, and that doesn't have anything to do with technology. That has just with fingers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you look at his hands, and, and I went to a, the best time I saw him was at uh, the House of Blues. This was, you know, five to 17 years ago. <laughs> you were talking about memory. It was a while back. It was, it was a while back. But uh, I went with a couple friends, and it was almost as if Jeff Beck was saying, I know there are a lot of guitar players here, but tonight they're going to realize they are guitar owners. He was just so good that night and the best I'd ever seen him. I've seen him several times and there, he would do something, make a sound on the guitar and you would just look to someone, you know, a stranger next to you. And they would look at you like, did that just happen? Yeah. Did I just see and hear what I, you know, he was just so, you know, so transportive. So, uh, trend, uh, transcendent. It's just beyond transcending yeah. guitar playing. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't learn, you know, it's like it's like um he he can play a melody like you know like nobody i mean there's there's yeah it's a beautiful thing how 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 he personalizes it is so it's it's so deep it's so deep it's a be- it's beautiful to behold isn't it yeah oh yeah it's great <laughs> let me ask you another question because i i go through this thing where you know as a kid we we grow up listening to music, right? I mean, that's and then because of that, we 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 want we're, we want to pick up an instrument. 
and what I've noticed, and I'm trying to get back now a lot because because of what's available on on the internet is that joy of listening to music. Like how how little do we allow ourselves time to sit back and really enjoy an album, you know, or just listen to music. I found about six years ago that I need to really start making time to, to listen to music. You don't listen. We're musicians. We criticize it. We list, we judge it. We, you know, do you get a chance to sit down and listen to music? I I can relate to that very much. Um, No, I, I don't. I, I, I get in a car and then that's my, my space. Yep. I have a long drive. It's a gift because I know I've got, I can listen to a record or someone sends me their record and I always tell them, I yeah. don't want to listen to your record three minutes of the first song. And yep. then I want to wait so I can listen. I want to spend 45 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever it is. And sometimes it'll take me a while to get to that. Yep. If I'm working on music all day, I'm not going to take the end of the day to, to, to listen to a record, I just want to clear my ears or watch something on TV or watch you know, watch a show or something. But yeah, in terms of dedicated time, um, I don't have much of that. But I, I think that's great that you've you've consciously said I want to set aside time for listening because that input is so important. You know, that's that's what got us to where we are. Exactly. Spending time listening. And and aside from so the that's joy really good for you. you get for it, you just oh, yeah. you know. And me too. My car is is the place. But yesterday I drove for the first time in three months. Oh wow! Yeah. How did it feel? How'd your back? Great. The first thing I said to my wife is, "I'm going to start taking the music I'm working because that's where I love to listen to what I'm working on." Yeah. Take a drive, you know. Sure. And uh, I don't have great speakers, but that's okay. What I did do, I used to have like biamped triamp speakers and macintosh gear and a room to listen and i don't have that anymore right and um but i just treated myself to like uh, expensive headphones that you need an amp for right oh wow so it's the the quality is unbelievable without having to buy expensive you know it's like 600 bucks you know i got them you know on ebay and they're almost brand new and now I can listen to music, like, and really enjoy it, like high high quality. And um, it's just another level of. At my age, it's sort of like I don't want to let that go. I don't want to let that thing of listening to new music and you know, and and good quality sound. Yeah, know? yeah, that's so cool. That is so great. You did that. Um, I put together. We have a. A garage is now sort of an entertainment center. We have the big TV and Dolby Atmos in there. And I bought a turntable, system, you know, really nice turntable and a separate power amp and great speakers. <laughs> my, about two years ago, I think I've probably clocked maybe two hours of listening. System, <laughs> which That's is, what I, was. Yeah, I just keep thinking I'm going to, I'm going to have this time. I've got some really great records. Uh-huh. I have some old records. I picked up a couple new ones, audio file. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just and every time I, every time I sit down and do it, oh, this is so amazing! And again, it's just I, I got to do what you what you what you've done, Michael. I've got to say, I've got I've got to set time aside to early morning, Lyle. Early morning. Yeah, is that when you do it? It's the only time you're gonna do it. I mean, 
I don't stay up so late anymore. And so, but I love getting up early and, and listening, you know, it's like a writer, you know, but going out to write, but I'm not ready to make music, but that's a great time to, yeah, you should do that. You should. Yeah, I should, because when I do, it's just, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. So inspiring too, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Again, that's what got us, that's what put us into the status of musician is really from listening. So right. why, why rob ourselves of that? You know, it's it's yeah. constantly evolving. So with the headphones that you get, did you get a, like a special CD player or what's nope. what's what's what are you listening to it? So how's it interface? So I, I got a I got a a separate headphone amp. You okay. know, um, they require that, um, and I got what's a Sennheiser HD six hundred and fifty is the uh, headphones. Okay, and. I got them because somebody had mentioned that they they use these um these uh Pearl Mimic Pro um drums that I'm I'm using right the Steve Slate stuff um and they said this stuff kicks ass and I got these headphones and used them and they don't need an amp with these Steve Slate things and the sound of the drums is just incredible and I said okay I've been meaning to do this for a while so I got them And so what I, and also the new Mac M1s, they do not require for these kind of headphones, a separate amp. Oh, wow. And so, so I, I kind of put it all together. I got the new, but I'm, I'm still using the amp with the, with the M1, but um, I find that it's better, but that was one of the things, you know, with this new M1, I mean, the camera is so much better the microphone, oh, okay. like I saw guys like recording vocals on the on the mic in the computer. Whoa! And they're going, I can rec- I can record with this, you know. That's incredible. It's interesting, yeah. So, are you in terms of the source that you're listening to? Are you just are you listening to stuff online or streaming or? Yes, you don't like a, you don't like a, a really super expensive CD player or or I, I, I don't. Okay, so you. I mean, I wanted all that stuff. I mean, I've got a good friend who worked in high end audio and this, yeah. that, and the other. And so I, and I, I would, I would even contact like um, some guys I met at some of those audio festivals and ask what's a good without spending a fortune turntable, you know? And I've got a bunch of new right. vinyl. I've got vinyl, but I don't even have a turntable set up. Oh, yeah. And I don't want it in the studio, you know? I want it separate and um, for listening, for listening, not yeah. because, you know, so that I'm not judging everything. It's just like the pleasure instead of, yeah. uh, you know, so I just listen online. That's great. But, you know, with the new Apple stuff, you can also get the, I, I don't. Opulence. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but, okay. but if you've got the system. You should take advantage of it. Yeah, I do have the system. I've got the great, I've got a great turntable, great uh, power amp, amazing speakers. What speakers uh, yeah. did you get? Harbeth. There's oh. the uh, English company, Harbeth, H-A-R-B-E-T-H, I think. They're really super beautiful oh. sounding speakers. Um, Let me throw a question in. Wave group sound. Are you... Oh, are you still are you still involved with Wave Group? Well, Wave Group, uh, Wave Group was a company that made music sound alike songs for 
uh, rock band. Yeah. Uh, guitar hero guitar hero yeah, yeah a couple of those and i am involved with the 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 two people that were the the main part of the company they what happened is that after the um video game companies would buy the masters okay. they started buying the masters so that rendered their business model obsolete because they didn't want sound alikes anymore we're just going to get the masters and that's why we hear all this stuff online. You go, oh, we can hear uh, Freddie Mercury's vocal isolated or whatever, the, right. the rhythm track or the bass. You know, all that stuff is all out there now because of uh, the proliferation of these these video games and whatnot. Uh, and so they shifted their model, Wave Group shifted their model to sound design. And what they started to do, they started, they made those sounds for Facebook, like Messenger, you have like a pop ding sound. Yeah. And you get a, yeah. so, they, so what happened is they started, uh, amongst other things, they like jawbone sounds and stuff. And those those uh, boom, little those little uh, Bluetooth speakers and things like right. that. On the... So they 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 made those kinds of sounds, sound design stuff. And then Facebook ended up um, acquiring their company. So now they work for Facebook, and this is all uh, leading to what what I'm doing now. Over the past five and a half years or so. Actually, it'll be six years in April. I've been been hired by their company to make li- essentially it's library music, right? Um, and I've written about I've submitted about 190 songs at this point. Wow! Well, and, I, I have a friend who does that too. But, um, oh, really? JB Eckle, do you know JB? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, really. Michael, uh, Michael, the same company Michael. for the for Facebook. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a great it's been a it's been a great job. It's because it's been really they say hey, there's all kinds of users. It doesn't have to be pop music. You know, two right. about two minutes and fifty seconds. As a matter of fact, there are three songs on my record that were written for Facebook. Oh, really? <laughs> like they turned out so great. I said oh, I think I better keep them to myself. Uh-huh. I've done all kinds of things, you know, Latin jazz and uh, African music and prog stuff and ambient stuff and. I just have, uh, it's been given this full reign of, I have, no, I have no notes. You know, I haven't had to make revisions. And it's just been a real fantastic, fun, fun job I've had over the, over the years. Yeah, library music it's is huge good. now. So many people have gone into it. Francis, uh, Francis Monkman, the keyboard player. Okay, uh, yeah. Used to be in uh, Sky, I think, that, that uh, band Sky and um, a lot of prog stuff. He does library music now. And Michael, wasn't David Torn doing something with library music? David Torn is um, is starting to work with somebody that is putting together a, a kind of a new agency that um, is library music for film, but it's it's more like for for kind of outsider musicians, like you know that you know they don't have to do the restrictions. It's kind of like here's the stuff if you like it. Yeah, sure. You, you can use it. So um, I just submitted a bunch of stuff like that, but the thing is I can't write on demand, you know, and, um, and that, that's a skill that when I did some films, I realized, you know, I mean, I would have to go back to school like Tony did or something, you know, and, um, and, and learn, but it's, it's, it's so fast paced and the, 
you need to put them in quickly. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes very quickly and sometimes requiring working 14-hour, 15-hour days. Even for the Facebook stuff? Not for the Facebook stuff, no. No, film, yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, I, the thing is, I've written so much music. When I started, especially, particularly when I got into films and TV, it's just the turnaround can be really fast. That muscle just really gets worked. <laughs> so I can, yeah. you know, I have no problem sitting down and making music. Just boom, you know. You yeah, know. apparently that's what what my son Sam is, is good at is like, Oh yeah. Okay. Fast turnaround and high quality, you know? Yeah. And, and so I know it's, that's a skill. That's a skill. Yeah. And, and that's something that you work at, something that yeah. you, you, it takes you, you learn how to, uh, there's certain shortcuts you can take ways to make it easier and faster for yourself in the technical area of yeah. making music or, or, uh, capturing the music. So that's one aspect of it, but also then, then you get people to help you when you need it, you know, and yeah. to delegate when that, when that uh, is appropriate. Yeah. But yeah, so I, um, in 2020, I released 12 records <laughs> of, of this, uh, of this Facebook stuff. Yeah. So EPs slash records, uh-huh. uh, uh, stuff I've curated of my favorite, uh, favorite tracks. And Where do you release them? Where do you it's on, on Apple Music, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Amazon, you know, Amazon, whatever, wherever you get your your, now, your music. Maybe how about NFTs? Are you getting involved in NFTs? You know what? I still don't quite understand that. Join the club. Join the club. Somebody, somebody <laughs> needs to explain to me. And also, how could we how could we actually monetize this the scenario? I mean, do you understand it, Michael? I'm I'm uh I'm consciously, you know, spending time learning. Um, and I have a son, my other son, my younger son is all about, you know, crypto and NFTs. And he keeps telling me, but I go to these, I got the apps, I go to the sites like OpenSea is a big one. And, and I look at the music and I'm like, are you kidding? You know? And so I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, really, it's like, you know, they're paying $20 million for 8-bit vi- visual stuff, you know? I don't understand that either. So $20 million, like, with, with Eth- you know, Ethereum. With do you, do you understand any crypto stuff? I do. I do have some. Uh, I do have. I, I invested about four years ago. Oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, didn't, didn't put a lot of money in, but I've done pretty well with it. You know, it's still, yeah. it's still stuck in there, so... <laughs> You know, yeah. often it goes down again. Same thing like stocks. You know, I, I got some Tesla stock and it got really high and it's low again. So yeah, it's all nothing until you pull it out. I guess. Yeah, so I mean, and a little it, bit more. It it's uh, it's ev- it's continually evolving the the crypto space. So yeah. I mean, I I just like paid to do an online seminar like last week about it, and there was some a- NFT stuff. I there's a really interesting. Thing that happened um, a week or two ago with uh, you know BT the electronic composer, sure. yeah, uh, and he put a video out that was these guys are really into like I think you probably are because you do game music as well, um, and the other thing is I'm interested in the metaverse so I'm I'm trying to learn about that, yeah, but I'm trying to figure out a space that I could be involved with that. It doesn't have to be, you know, like Snoop Dogg or one of the big, you know, like Jay-Z or, you know, 
And so how can musicians that aren't rich and super famous get in the space, you know? And um, so I'm curious about that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, at my age, I'm trying to see, okay, what can I do now? It's late, but can, what can I, you know, what can I get into? It might be um, interesting. Snoop Dogg is setting up an NFT record label. All they're doing is NFT. Yes. Yeah. There's like John Legend just started a company for that. Um, Wow. um, And, and BT's thing was he started, he created these things called orbs and, and the music, the music never loops, but it's, it's self-generating. And, um, and so there's like a, a variety of them and he put it on the NFT market and it, it sounded pretty amazing, his explanation. Like, it never loops until the internet dies. Oh, well. So, I... I don't either. I don't either. I'm yeah, just like telling you what he said. How's that generated? How's it generated in real time? Or it's... I don't understand that. It's not like something Adrian Ballou did years ago. We had that app that would just kind of go from one line to the next. And it would just right. randomly pick lines. Right. I mean, there there are AI generating stuff that I'm looking at now. In fact, yesterday I, I I was checking out some AI art generative apps, you know, so that I can try to figure out a way to get visuals, put my music out with visuals more often, you know. Yeah, I I I'm into that too because <clears throat> I've been posting, making videos of some of my uh, Facebook stuff. And having a lot of fun with it, just grabbing Shutterstock stuff and images and interspersing that with stuff I can take myself. But yeah, I think that in today's world, we we there is a, vil- a a visual element that almost has to be there. I know it. That's I think yeah. it's really true. Yeah, I made a I made a. I'll send you a, a copy of a little short film I made on my iPhone. Um, okay. Put music that I've just been making, you know, here and. Um, I, Lyle, I did it. I took it at the car wash, <laughs> like inside the car. Oh, really? Yeah, and the, with the windows, and I'll yeah. send it to you. And I had, I did send it to a video editor. It, it didn't need a lot, but you know. Um, and so I'm looking for ways that I can just be creative. Oh, one day I, I'll send you this too. One day I woke up and there was the most interesting patterns of light on the bedroom wall because of like little the way the blinds were and, right. okay. and and it moved and so i took some stills and then i took a short video of it and it it just kind of undulates you know oh wow and so That's i cool. put one of my weirder stuff uh, on my new record to see it and it was like it, it looked like it was made for it you know oh that's great yeah it's fun i i really enjoy doing that stuff messing around with it. I've got yeah. Vinci Resolve. I use that program. Which one's that? Oh, Vinci. Uh-huh. The, the Vinci Resolve. Yeah, it's free. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's free because it, you can do pretty much anything you, you want to do. I've, I've since uh, ponied up the 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 incredible $299 to unlock everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you get the, the packages, yeah. You get more stuff, yeah, more filters and that. So I've been having fun doing that on my spare time. You know, so that's yeah. another thing. It's like if I'm, if I'm not doing something for a, a 
for a job, then I want to be creating something. So that also ties into my just listening time, but it's. Yep. And there's always something new to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then of course you got to spend time with your wife, you know, yep. Yep. <laughs> got to do that. Yep. I, I try to, I try to make the nights for her, you know, that's good because I'm still all day doing stuff like all day. I love, I live in Marin County. So at that time you, yeah, I was in San Rafael and I was in San Rafael and you were, where were you? Were you up in, up northern from that, right? I was on C street in San Rafael. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just like I'm just now flashing on going to some restaurant and seeing it was you and I think Alfonso Johnson. Is that right? Would that be right? It could have been because he he maybe he was playing oh maybe so because we did a reunion tour with Santana and Alfonso played bass so maybe um, yeah we ran into Timmy and I ran into you in some restaurant just uh-huh. flashing on that yeah it's funny how the the brain is having that memory hadn't in my, popped in my brain until just now well but, you, uh, you, oh, I'm sorry are you going to be doing any live work any live work yeah. At this point, not really. Uh, I don't, you know, I just, to do what I want to do and the way I want to do it would require a lot of time and rehearsal. And uh, I'm just, either I'm working or uh, creating something brand new. So I'm not, I'm not going to say never, it'll never happen. But at this point, it's, it's not on the menu. Okay. I miss playing live though, man. That was, uh, my, my, my last full on touring was, was with Sting and that was in 2006. That's how long ago that was. We've done some spot dates since then, but, uh, it's been a while since I played with him, but it's so much fun. I mean, I miss, uh, oh, you guys were, I saw you in Montreux, I guess it was Montreux. Oh, the Montreux Jazz Festival. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think, uh, that's the first time I've seen you again. And, and a- oh, that's right. That's right. You came to, uh, we saw you backstage at uh, Herbie's show, right? Oh, I'm not sure if it was London or, I think you guys had just played, because I don't know, at one point I was playing, I toured with Zuccaro, right? Right, uh, sure. And Sting, and they have, a, they have a relationship. Right. I'm not sure if it was that, or I was... I was with Santana. Carlos just asked me to come out on the road. Oh, that's cool. Because he missed listening to music with me, which um, which I completely understand because nobody would want to be around Carlos except me to listen to music because he's like a, he just, he devours like music, you know? Sure. We weren't, you know, South America and Europe and, and everywhere. And, I just made it my job to constantly be looking for music that might surprise or delight him, you know? Oh, interesting. Which is not easy to do because he's a voracious listener. And um, so I just, yeah. I mean, our tastes are not always the same. I mean, oftentimes, I mean, the records that I do and the music that I I listen to, none of those guys like, like, you know, (laughs) I mean, Lyle, it's it's like I'll 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 send them rec music, and I'll never hear back. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's so fun. Like it's like 
they'd rather not say anything than yeah, exactly you know, yeah no comment <laughs> and i love it i love it personally you know and yeah, it's like yeah. whatever you know right exactly yeah so well listen man it's been great catching up with you again oh it's been so uh, it's been fantastic i i uh, i'm so happy that we could do this and i'd sure love to see you in person or, or work together on something on down the line i think that would be amazing hope you enjoyed this episode of fly on the wall there are more great interviews to follow so please list us as one of your favorites and be sure to follow we are listener funded if you would like to assist our venmo info is new mexico dj service the paypal info is new mexico dj service at gmail.com Please remember to share our info. Thanking you all.